Go ahead and show us some love on whatever platform you're using to listen. And check out our website, planetfearpodcast.com, for ways to follow us on social media, contact info, and more. Mikhail remembered that in 1942, people who the Nazis thought wouldn't be helpful to them were marched to the forest and shot. Meyer Zalman and his family would be amongst the 625 that shared this fate. In 1943, the remaining 93 Jewish families were buried alive. The Nazis heavily guarded the site as the ground moved for three days afterwards. The world is a fearful place. We are surrounded by people and things that would do us harm. Some walk among us every day, while others lurk in the shadows, a threat unknown. Join us as we discuss all of the things that frighten us most, from the paranormal and unknown, to the true and horrific crimes committed by our very own kind. With Matt Knapp and Lauren Smith on Planet Fear. Taphophobia is the irrational fear of being buried alive. It's actually one of the most common amongst the phobias. Buried alive or premature burial slash live burial. Taphophobia, not the fear of taffy. Or Laffy Taffy jokes, which are awful, but I enjoy them anyway. So when you are buried alive, here's how you, here are a number of ways you can die. (laughs) <laughs> well this is pleasant yes how about well, in absolute terror because that's what comes to mind <laughs> when i think about being buried alive here are some of the fun things that happen when you're buried alive asphyxiation dehydration starvation and maybe hypothermia depending on the temperature yeah. at the time where you're buried i guess so any one of those can kill you first so if you don't run out of air you could dehydrate or starve or die from the cold. You and I both have our very own personal anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. And whenever I brought this topic up to you, I soon realized <laughs> that we also share the absolute terror and anxiety of the thought of being buried alive. I mean, I'm not like. I'm not concerned that it's going to happen to me. Well, that's what it sounds like. No, I, it's I'm just not, a thought. I'm not worried about it happening to me, but it would be a really bad way to go. Like, I can read this, and it's not pleasant, but I can deal with it. But if you talk about underwater cave diving, I will start gasping like a fish because I can't breathe, because I cannot stand to even think about that. Like when, oh, those videos, I, I can't. I, yeah. We will, at some point have a discussion on air about underwater cave diving but it's going to take at least several months of mental preparation (laughs) before i can do that that out of everything we've talked about on planet fear that is the most terrifying i think is underwater cave at least for us yeah for us normal people they're like uh you guys know you talked about like the ripper crew and stuff right? (laughs) the san pedro house you know (laughs) richard ramirez (laughs) so being buried alive You think buried alive, you think um, it's an accident, or you think, you know, someone's murdering. There are so many different types of being buried alive. There's accidental, intentional, execution, natural disaster. Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. It's crazy. I just, I I guess I've never given this much thought, but, you know, sometimes people and animals may be buried alive accidentally, 
uh, because they're mistakenly thought to be dead. Um, (laughs) Or intentionally as a form of torture, murder, or execution. It may also occur with the consent of the victim as part of a stunt with intention to escape. Or as someone sacrificing themselves. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Sounds fun. But, you know, there's a list of people. Listen to these names. Frederick Chopin. George Washington, the father of our country. Hans Christian Andersen. Alfred Nobel, that the Nobel Prize is named. These people all shared the fear of being buried alive. Chopin requested that his heart be cut out to ensure that he was actually dead. Smart. Washington wanted his body laid out for three days before they buried him, just to make sure that he wasn't asleep or something. Smart. And uh, Hans Christian Andersen and Alfred Nobel both asked to have their arteries cut open. Wow. Because, hey, if you're not dead, just go ahead and kill me. You know, like, let's make sure. Let's just Mm -hmm. slice them open and bleed me out. Either I'm already dead or I will be. This was a thing that originally I thought was something that like, oh, man, they used to worry about this a lot. And they did. Yeah. It, it, it was possibly common. We don't really know. You'd have to bury people and then dig them all back up to see actual numbers. Yeah. But because of medical advancements and stuff, it's not something you'd think you would have to worry about. But then I found it happens still today. Yeah. I just read an article last week. Where this, you know, granted she wasn't buried, but, you know, in India they're having a horrible time with the COVID. Mm-hmm. And an elderly woman, they thought she was dead. Her, her family was trying to get her some medical treatment and she actually passed out in the back seat and they thought she was dead. And they were putting her on the funeral pyre. You know, they're getting ready to light the fire to burn the body and she woke up. I mean, that's pretty close. That That's cutting it kind of close there. Well, I mean, that's... And I know it's not being buried alive, but if they were burying the bodies, it's the same type scenario. That's scary. That's terrifying. Fun facts for you here. During the olden times, as in before the 21st, <laughs> the 20th century. The olden times. Olden what, times. Which years is that exactly? <laughs> what year were you born again? <laughs> Doctors had a less than flawless track record when it came to declaring people dead. We know this. So they used uh, death tests to, yes. yeah. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> My t- <laughs> like <laughs> I'm I'm getting creeped out because I already know one of the tests. <laughs> the first one. So my toes are curling. Ugh. Shoving needles underneath the toenails or into the heart or stomach. Acupuncture. <laughs> Let's See, just call like, it acupuncture. If you shove it into the heart, like they're gonna die. So yeah. I mean, okay. Slicing the feet with knives or burning them with red-hot pokers. Why is everything torture? <laughs> if you want to make sure they're dead, torture them. What is that? It's the next one. that. Can... It's archaic. I don't say. Is it the eye one? No. Smoke enemas. Oh, yeah. Smoke up your ass is a real thing. <laughs> For drowning victims, someone would literally blow smoke up the ass to see if That's where the it phrase would warm actually you came from. make you breathe. Are you telling me the truth, or are you just blowing smoke up my ass? That's where it actually it has came nothing from. Nothing to do with that saying. I mean, yeah, it might be where it came from, but like that doesn't make any well, sense. Well, I think it was like you know, it was the doc, you know, are you really drowned, or are you just blowing smoke up my ass? Like, oh my god, no. 
Okay, burning the hand or chopping off a finger. Writing, I am really dead in invisible ink made from (laughs) acetate of lead on a piece of paper and then putting the paper over the corpse in question's face. According to the inventor of this method, if the body was putrefying, sulfur dioxide would be emitted, thus revealing the message. Unfortunately, sulfur (laughs) dioxide can also be emitted by living people like those with decaying teeth. Hello, before the 20th century. So it's possible there were a few false positives on that. A few. So if you woke up, you took a breath, or visibly responded to these tests, then hallelujah, you weren't dead. But you might be maimed. Um, and the needle stuck in your heart could actually kill you, you know. The people that didn't get these awesome tests but were alive were sent to the grave. Because people were being buried alive, they came up with ways to prevent it, I would say. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it preventative. (laughs) It's not preventative. (laughs) Um, Counter? Yeah. Just in cases? Yeah. There were a lot of things that were invented, a lot. Like, if you go look it up, I can't even tell you how many things were invented to counter being buried alive. Yeah, it's like the mousetrap. <laughs> you know, there's like thousands of patents where people have tried to improve the mousetrap, and most of them have failed. But if you were rich, you could have custom means constructed Uh, (laughs) well because it wasn't just like special coffins it was like specialized burial sites basically with different ways of trying to ensure that you could alert someone you could stay alive long enough for somebody to discover that you had been buried alive most of which turns out weren't really that helpful and i also learned that i believe dead ringer did not come from this really yeah i mean one of the common contraptions that people constructed was basically a bell system where if you're in a coffin and you woke up you could pull a string and it would ring a bell on the surface Yeah, yeah, yeah. and i read that while a lot of people think that the phrase dead ringer came from that it actually didn't i'm like well it should have it's very disappointing but uh, another thing was uh coffins with breathing tubes yes that experts and scientists say would never be mm-hmm. adequate enough to actually do anything. So, mm-hmm. so I guess you could get like a little bit of daylight in your coffin as you're dying horribly. Sometimes they would have a cord attached to the bell, like you said. Other variations on the bell would include flags and pyrotechnics. Fireworks. Yeah, fireworks show. Some designs included ladders, escape hatches, and even feeding tubes but many people who went all out to save themselves from being buried alive forgot to include methods for getting air. Oops. Yeah. Robert Robinson died in Manchester in 1791. A movable glass pane was inserted into his coffin, and the mausoleum had a door for purposes of inspection by a watchman who was there to see if he breathed on the glass. He instructed his relatives to visit his grave periodically to check that he was still dead. For how long? <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. There's just, like, a whole list of people that, I I mean... Is this as much about the fear of being buried alive or the fear of death at that point? That's true. That's a good Being point. hopeful that you didn't really die and that someone would come rescue you, which happened a couple times, sort of. 
people have been rescued from being buried alive. That's true, there are. But despite the fear of burial while still alive, there are no documented cases of anybody being saved by a safety coffin. Just want to throw that little nugget out there. So before you open up that new business, (laughs) building Uh, custom coffins, you might want to think twice. It is worth noting that the practice of modern-day embalming, for the most part, has eliminated the fear of premature burial, as no one has ever survived that process once completed. However, (laughs) yeah, it it takes out the, the, the threat of being buried alive, but it doesn't take out the threat of being killed when you're still alive because somebody thinks you're dead. Mm -hmm. Just as terrifying. Just as terrifying. In 2001, a body bag was delivered to a funeral home in Ashland, Massachusetts with a live occupant. Funeral director discovered this called paramedics and avoided live embalming or premature burial. At no point is it okay for them to be put into a body bag while still alive. And in 2014, in Greece, people discover, police discovered that a 45-year-old woman was buried alive and died of asphyxia after being declared clinically dead by a private hospital. And she was discovered just shortly after being buried because children playing in the cemetery nearby heard screams from inside the earth. And afterward, her family was reported as considering suing the private hospital. So modern medicine has kind of upped their game on the tests. Have they, though? Not really. I mean, it still <laughs> happens, but... God. Uh, the tests aren't exactly as archaic and torturous, but they're pretty bad. Uh, seeing if your pupils are reactive okay. by shining a bright light into them. Uh, apparently, if you're brain dead, your eyes don't do anything. Dragging a cotton swab over your eyeball. Good news if you blink, you're alive. Oh, great. And you have, you know, pink eye, but it's fine. Uh, testing your gag reflex. I'm not going to go into my story because I think I've already said the story in the episode where I talked about going to the hospital and dying for seven minutes. Yeah. But the way they do that is they move the breathing tube that's going down your throat and try to get you to gag on it. That was happening to me while I was in the hospital, but I was wide awake for it. So I can at least. Yes. (laughs) I can at least verify that a living person will, in fact, gag on the breathing tube. Here's a good one for you. Mm -hmm. All of these bother me so bad (laughs) injecting ice water into your ear canal by injecting do they mean like forcefully or they just like dribble it in there if doctors do this to you and your eyes don't flick quickly from side to side it's not looking good can we try that no we'll be right back injecting ice water into your ear canal will cause involuntary rapid eye movement yeah that's let's try it no matt no (laughs) oh okay Checking for spontaneous respiration. I thought that said combustion at first. (laughs) If they remove you from the ventilator, CO2 will build up in your system and you'll involuntary gasp or exhale or something. Brain waves. If I don't have brain waves, kill the vent. Yeah. I've seen enough grays to know. If there's no brain waves, there's no me anymore. Kill the vent. Let me go. Let me fly high. Which is basically everything else on the list. They do test to see if you have brainwave activity mm-hmm. or they'll inject uh, atropine mm-hmm. and see if your heart speeds up or not. But other than that, they just, you know, so my question isn't necessarily about the tests. 
My question is, how often do they actually administer any of these exactly. tests? Or just trust their own judgment because they're a doctor? Well, yeah, they feel for a pulse, check see if you're breathing, do the pupil test, and probably call it good. Yeah. Is there a medical bracelet for do death tests on me if you think I'm dead? Can I get one of those that says, like, death test me? And it usually says, I have diabetes or I'm I know, but if you have a medical bracelet, they're going to look at it. So if I've been in a car accident or something, I want the paramedic to do all the damn tests. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Just have the checklist. Like, Blow the smoke wherever you need to for me yeah. to say I am dead. That's a lot of engraving on a very small bracelet. I said to do, I said death test me. Well, I could just put on there, blow smoke up my ass, but I mean, that's inviting some weird things, Matt. So there's actually quite a number of cases about being buried alive. Too many to count. Way too many to count. And I feel like even one is too many for comfort. This is kind of an amazing thing. Comparing notes on our research, Mm -hmm. you have a list of people, I've got a list of people, and... There aren't the same names on the list. Right. That's never happened on this show before. That bothers me. Especially since the people on your list are a lot more recent than the people on my list, as in within the last 10 years. That's utterly freaking terrifying. I want all the death tests, Matt. All of them. And I want Aerosmith and Def Leppard played at my memorial. Thank you. Okay. Here's a case. In 17th century England... It's documented that a woman by the name of Alice Blunden was buried alive. She was so knocked out after having imbibed a large quantity of poppy tea that the doctor holding a mirror to her nose and mouth pronounced her dead. So basically, the tea is made from dried, unwashed seed pods and would have contained morphine and codeine. Sounds a good time to me. But they're strong sedatives. Sipping on some scissor. (laughs) Her family quickly made arrangements for her burial, but two days later, after she, oh, I'm sorry, two days after she was laid in the ground, children playing near her grave heard noises. The schoolmaster went to check the grave site for himself, and he found that Blunden was still alive, but it took another day to exhume her. And she was so close to death that she was returned to her grave, where a guard stood by before deserting his post. The next morning, she was found dead, but only after struggling to free herself once more. Jeez, how many times do you have to screw it up? That's not the only one of those. Yeah. There are a lot where they're found to be alive, but very close to death, and they put them back. Apparently that was a thing to do. Oh, they're still alive, but they're going to die, so just put them back. Why would they do that? I mean, I guess there's nothing that can be done for them, so they just let them go. I mean, at least put them out of their misery. Yeah, but like, imagine like being buried alive then you're rescued and then they do it again and you're like are you kidding me (laughs) at what point does that you know um become on purpose like you're murdering somebody so i ran across several stories that had a common element to them Mm -hmm. one of them happened in 1893 A woman named Mrs. Boger suddenly died of unknown causes. Doctors confirmed her passing, and she was promptly buried. A friend of hers told her husband, Charles, that his wife had suffered from hysteria before he had met her, and it was possible that she hadn't actually been dead. So her husband dug up his wife and found her body turned over. 
Her shroud and robes were shredded to pieces, and the glass of her coffin lid was broken all over her body. Her skin was bloodied and scratched, while her fingers were missing entirely. Oh, my lord. It was presumed that she chewed them off while attempting to escape. Now, I found, like, three different accounts where fingers were missing or Mm -hmm. had been partially bitten off, hair being ripped out. Mm Mm-hmm. People losing their shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> realizing what's happening. I found those same and trying stories. to escape. Their clothing tattered and torn. Yeah, but how scared and frantic mm-hmm. do you have to be before you start chewing off your fingers? Hungry? How hungry do you have to be? I mean, is that the case? Like, what's the I deal? I, I was thinking about that earlier. I came to the same conclusion. Like, well, maybe they've been down there for so long, and they're so hungry that. They think they need to cannibalize themselves. I know you have the bite force yeah, to bite a finger off completely. Yeah. It's just pain receptors that keep us from doing it. Eleanor Markham, born in 1872, was an American woman who became one of the most prominent cases of an adverted premature burial in the late 19th century. So according to news reports at the time, the 22-year-old Miss Markham was pronounced dead in Sprakers, New York, on July 8, 1894, by a Dr. Howard, the family physician. Oh, those good old family physicians. Since the weather was quite warm, it was decided to have the burial quickly, and her coffin was closed and fastened after several family members said goodbye on the morning of July 10th. But on the way to the graveyard, the hearse was stopped after a noise was heard coming from the coffin. The lid was unfastened to find Miss Markham still alive, exclaiming, You are burying me alive! To which Dr. Howard reportedly said, Hush, child, you are all right. It is a mistake easily rectified. Markham soon after fainted, but was recovered after being administered some stimulants. She stated that she had been conscious the entire time of the preparations for burial, but was unable to cry out. She fully believed that she would be buried alive when finally, using all her will, she was able to make a knocking noise to draw attention. In 1993, a 24-year-old South African man was in an automobile accident with his fiancée. His fiancée survived, but his injuries were really bad, and the first responders declared him dead on the scene. After the accident, he was placed in a metal box for burial in the Johannesburg mortuary, where he spent two days and nights inside this box before he finally woke up and began to scream for help. Luckily, workers at the morgue heard the screams, opened the box, and he survived the ordeal. I wonder, does he know how close? If they had just been speeding things up a little, Mm -hmm. if it had happened in those first two days, buried alive. There are so there are too many of these. One is too many of these. That is terrifying. 2015. A 16-year-old Honduran girl was mistakenly buried alive. Her family reportedly heard screaming coming from inside her coffin and hurried to open it back up. She was rushed to the hospital, but she passed away afterwards at the hospital. According to her relatives, though, her body was still warm and she had bruises on her fingertips. The glass viewing pane on her coffin had been smashed as well. Doctors believe she had suffered a severe panic attack, which temporarily stopped her heart, resulting in the initial pronouncement of her being dead. Oh, great. That's just fantastic. 
all the more reason for us to get matching medical bracelets that say <laughs> death test us. I want electronics involved. I want like a cell phone or a satellite phone buried with me. I want some sort of light switch that I can flick on and off that will like send out a siren and a spotlight. Like you want like like an alert button? Yeah. Bury me with a medical alert <laughs> yeah. necklace. I've been buried and I can't get out. <laughs> I mean, the stories just go on and on and on and on they, and on. They do. And they're, and they're, each one is just as, as shocking and, and makes me not be able to breathe as the other ones. But these are just cases where it accidentally happened. This doesn't even go into like when it's done on purpose. Or natural disasters such as earthquakes landslides mudslides avalanches or you know tornadoes i remember 9-11 and watching them search for bodies in the rubble and debris afterwards Mm -hmm. and remember thinking just like i mean they had the dogs out there they had listening devices out there there's hundreds of people you know looking for survivors Mm -hmm. because some of these people we're like multiple stories under debris, mm-hmm. buried 30 feet down, yelling for help, holding on to life as much as they can, injured, no food or water, just how horrible that was. And then eventually it gets to the day where they're like, okay, well, this is now just a recovery operation. Yeah. You know, that happens so often and so often gets overlooked, mm-hmm. I, especially in the poorer countries. You know, there's mudslides, earthquakes. This kind of stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Flooding. It's just scary stuff. It Natural disasters to me are, are scarier. To me, it's it's more uncontrollable and it's, yeah. it's scarier to me. Yeah. And it takes out a lot of people at once. I think for me, the reason natural disasters are so much scarier is because of my kids. Because if I... If I die and I'm buried alive, like, yeah, that sucks for me, for sure. But my kids are okay. They don't know about it. It's it's cool. But in a natural disaster, they're kind of there with me, probably, and that bothers me. Well, both of us being from Tornado Alley, like mm-hmm. you were saying, tornadoes is something we have to be aware of and constantly concerned about uh, at least twice a year. Mm-hmm. For six I mean, months. I have nightmares about tornadoes. <laughs> I do too. Also, I have my entire life. Like Through dream interpretation, I can tell you that means you feel out of control of things. You're welcome. <sighs> so we've talked about accidental being buried alive accidentally. We've talked about natural disasters. We've, you know, all the things that suck, but, you know, it, none of it was on purpose. However, we have execution and murder that comes into play here and i don't know why i never really thought about it what a really crappy way to (laughs) kill somebody it's off it's torture it is honestly classified as torture to bury someone alive and it's also something that i never really thought about whenever we were discussing this topic but it happens so often in movies and television shows i know a lot of war crimes or war in war times, a lot of of people were buried alive. Thousands. Thousands and thousands. It's awful. You know, and that's from 
the Holy Roman Empire to, you know, Vietnam. Like, I mean, this is probably even now. We have execution. We have Tacitus in his work, Germania, records that German tribes practiced two forms of capital punishment. The first, where the victim was hanged from a tree, and another where the victim was tied to a wicker frame and pushed face down into the mud and buried. The first was to make used to make an example of traitors, and the second was used for punishment of dishonorable or shameful vices, such as cowardice. According to him, the ancient Germans thought that the crime should be exposed, whereas infamy should be buried out of sight. Fleta, a medieval commentary on English common law, specified live burial as the punishment for sodomy, bestiality, and those who had dealings with Jews or Jewesses. Being buried alive was a big thing during war times. But I thought it was interesting that people would be buried alive as sacrifices. Yeah, in ways that I never really thought of, but once again had heard of in movies and television shows, (laughs) being like buried inside walls and stuff. Yes. Uh, There is a case in Germany, uh, specifically in a castle, where the sacrifices, the idea was that if you buried people inside the construction, it would bring good luck to the construction. And there's actually a castle in Germany uh, that reportedly used children. Children were buried inside the walls. The castle is still like open and a tourist attraction to this day. There's also a bridge, I believe, that had a people buried inside of it that was discovered uh, whenever they were doing repairs on the bridge. Uh, They found the skeleton of a child in the foundation. Immurement was a form of capital punishment and human sacrifice, which would usually bring good fortune to those doing the sacrificing. So, yeah, let's sacrifice them by burying them alive. It's fine. To help us. Yeah. Uh, One of the earliest forms uh, goes back to the Roman Empire and the Vestal Virgins. Yes. These women were considered to be perfect, basically. They had no mental or physical defects, perfect symmetry, virgins, and they were committed to a strict vow of celibacy. And their whole job was to uh, tend the sacred fire honoring Vesta, the goddess of home and family. However, if you were one of these Vestal Virgins and you did something bad. If you violated your vow of celibacy. It was forbidden to spill the blood of one of these virgins. So they had to get creative with it. How fun for them. Yeah, how, how wonderful for them. <laughs> so if one of these chicky poos convicted of violating her vows of celibacy, she would be buried alive by being sealed in a cave with a small amount of bread and water ostensibly so the goddess Vesta could save her were she truly innocent, essentially making it into a trial by ordeal. Right. According to Christian tradition, a number of saints were martyred this way as well, including St. Castellus and St. Vitalis of Milan. They would do things like this in religion oftentimes. Mm -hmm. The Roman Catholic Church with uh, nuns and monks who had broken their vows However, a lot of those times they'd be basically put in a very small room and be brought food and water and everything to kind of like 
draw it out for a longer period of time, but they wouldn't have contact with it's like solitary confinement, basically, for an extended period of time in a very small confined area. Solitary confinement with the intent to eventually kill them. Yeah. As noted by Elias Pufendorf, a woman buried alive would afterward be impaled through the heart. This combined with the punishment of live burial and impalement was practiced in Nuremberg until 1508, also for women found guilty of theft. But the city council decided in 1515 that the punishment was too cruel and opted for drowning instead. (laughs) Thanks. Nice, guys. Impalement was, however, not always mentioned together with live burial. Edward Ossenbruggen relates how the live burial of a woman convicted of infanticide could be pronounced in a court verdict. For example, the verdict commanded the executioner to place the perpetrator in the grave alive and to place two layers of thorns, the one beneath and the other above her. Prior to that, he should place a bowl over her face in which he had made a hole and give her through that hole in order that she would live for a longer time and expiate the evil act she was condemned for, a reed slash tube in the mouth, then jump three times upon her and lastly cover her with earth. In this particular case, however, the noble woman was made an appeal for mercy and the convicted woman was drowned instead. Such an act of mercy. So we have lawmakers now in government Mm -hmm. and then you have people that decide appropriate forms of punishment through jail, how much time you're going to serve, capital punishment in some cases. Mm Mm-hmm. How did they come up with stuff as punishment back in the ye olden days, as you called it? <laughs> the like, ye olden days. Then you're going to jump on her three times, <laughs> then give her a reed to breathe in. Well, in this one, in medieval Italy, unrepentant murderers were buried alive head down with their feet in the air. Yeah, head down. In the uh, 17th century in Persia, thieves would be encased in these above-ground stone tombs with just their heads poking out. Yes. So they could beg people that were coming by for food and water, but also so the weather and the birds of prey Mm -hmm. would go after their heads. Yeah, which in time would kill them. Yeah. You know how I feel about birds. Uh, You know how I feel about birds. That one really bothers me. And, like, you're just, like, encased in stone... You're out on the plains of Persia, wind, rain, whatever, sun, all beating down on your head, and then here comes birds. No thanks. I'll pass. Okay, so we've we've talked about the accidental, the intentional, the execution, the wars, the natural disasters. We've talked about prevention, and we've talked about sacrificing themselves. Can we talk about the people who do it on purpose? The idiots? To escape it. Or sometimes not to escape it. What's the longest amount of time somebody's been buried alive, do you think? 40 days. No, 10 months. One of those two. I'm sure. I'm I'm 79% sure. 141 days. That's close to what I said. (laughs) Dead on. (laughs) 141 days. Now, this guy was doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. He's in a large crate-type box. Like seven feet long, couple feet tall. He's got like a cell phone, food, water, everything. Go to the bathroom. He's got books to read, television to watch. But still, 
That's like being inside of a closet for 141 days. I think I could do it. There's no way. I don't really like There's people. no way. You couldn't be <laughs> in this room sure. for a week. Pretty sure I, th- I could. I think you would lose it. <laughs> Give me a bucket, some Netflix, and some snacks, and I think I would do just fine. If you want Lauren to live in the studio for a week, send us an email. And money. And money. I don't do stuff for free. Dang it. I know. In 1992, escape artist Bill Shirk was buried alive under seven tons of dirt and cement in a plexiglass coffin, which collapsed and almost took Shirk's life. In 2010, a Russian man died after being buried alive to try to overcome his fear of death (laughs) by being crushed to death by the earth on top of him. Mission failed. (laughs) The following year, another Russian died after being buried overnight in a makeshift coffin for good luck. Yeah, break a leg. I guess there's a whole new level to that. I don't understand. David Blaine did it. David Blaine does all kinds of crazy stuff, though. Has Chris Angel done it yet? Well, no. I mean, maybe he's done a television special where it looked like he did it. But as far as anyone knows, David Blaine actually goes through with the stunts. He That's kind yeah. of become his shtick to do these crazy stunts. And one of them was being buried alive where he lived off teaspoons of water or something for like a week. But he didn't do it for like 141 days. Yeah. So the whole fear about being buried alive is based around claustrophobia and the things that come with it every time you say it i can't breathe and like that's what bothers me the most about it is just the idea of being inside that confined space and not being able to move and not being able to breathe and can't sit up or get comfortable or or scratch your nose apparently all you can do is chew your fingers off you can't itch nothing i mean you know how like when you're washing dishes your nose always itches yeah do not bury me in underwear don't bury me just burn me i will have been death tested to death thoroughly so you'll be dead for sure i better be by god or i'm haunting all you (laughs) if all yous if you're not dead when they pronounce you dead you will be by the time they're done testing you i'm i'm scared i don't i have trust issues matt i have actual trust issues with the living much less when i'm dead or supposedly and you guys decide you know Yeah, she's really dead. Because you're going to be part of my family. Don't don't leave it up to me. (laughs) (laughs) She's fine. She said blow a little smoke up her ass and bury her. (laughs) I guess the point is, if you're declared dead, you better get a second opinion. On Planet Fear. On Planet Fear. (laughs) 